Hello, beautiful humans. I'm Dr. Anna Karen, and we are living in paradox, a place where awakening souls seek challenging answers. You know, as well as I do, that the common narrative needs an upgrade, and that to heal ourselves and our environment, we need a new way of living. Here we will move beyond the either-or thinking that keeps us so divided and step into a worldview of both and, thus embodying a life of connection that has room for everything. I offer you these imaginings and insights, these heartfelt conversations and challenging ideas as encouragements to take your next step and then another, as together, we create a happier and healthier world. Take a deep breath, relax, and let's dive into paradox. Hello and welcome. This is your host, Dr. Anna Karin. And today we are so thrilled to have my dear friend and an amazing singer-songwriter, Miss Jen Cleary. Jen is a folk rock singer-songwriter from Boulder, Colorado, who has many years experience performing on international stages. Highlight shows include the Sundance Film Festival, I was there, Colorado Rockies Games, opening for Shamika Copeland, the Telluride's Blues Festival Acoustic Competition finalist, and multiple European tours. I missed those, I was so bummed. She has a range of song styles and performs bluesy acoustic solo shows as well as rockin' shows with her full electric band. I've seen them and they are rockin'. Jen has released two albums of original songs, one blues covers album, and she just released her first children's album, which has won the prestigious recognition from the 2021 Napa Awards for being the best in the music industry. We're definitely gonna need to hear about that. And you can find her at jencleary.com. That's J-E-N-N-C-L-E-A-R-Y.com. Hello, Ms. Jen. Hello, Anna. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Totally. <laughs> this has been uh, this has been a many years of coming, huh? We've known it each has. other for what, almost 20 years now? Um, yeah, more than that. And and you have been to a lot of the shows. And boy, have we had some fun traveling. I've even been a roadie to a couple. You've been a roadie and, and <laughs> seen me when I didn't really even know what I was doing other than just singing basic folk songs. So I've made some progress in my music career, which, which has been pretty fun. Indeed. I mean, so tell me about this Napa Award. Uh, it's the National Parenting Products Award. And it's something you... you you send your product in. They also do toys, you know, puzzles and different oh, wow. things. They have a team of judges that review products. And um, so I sent in my album and the judges reviewed it. And then they wrote a review about it. And then they put it on their website and social media. And they put it out to tons and tons and tons of parents out there who are looking for safe and appropriate, um, you know, toys or music for their children. And fun. That's the thing I love about it. The songs are really fun. Yeah, the songs are very fun. Very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic. Big award, hopefully the first of many <laughs> to come, but more know. to come, more to come for sure. So um, my podcast um, deals with paradox, which is basically um, two things that seem to be unrelated that really can, you know, where you can, you know, the idea of finding connection between two things that are unrelated or seemingly unrelated. So I was curious, what do you experience that's paradoxical in your uh, songwriting career? Well, I, I think the one of the biggest paradoxes for me is the whole challenge around songwriting and how difficult it really is. I mean, it, it, it seems like it could be easy, but it's not. Uh, there's many songwriters who are professionals. I mean, you know, Nashville has teams of songwriters that work full time and they go into a room and they write jingles and songs and there's studios around the country that, you know, people are able to do that. For me, it's very, very difficult. And even though I feel like I've become this decent musician who's out there performing and doing all this fun stuff with music, when it comes time to write a song, it's like, oh boy, you know, I can't just do it on command. And so, to be a, a singer-songwriter who can't just write a song on demand is a bit of a paradox, I would say. Uh, well, my first album was in 2006. Um, and actually, I'd written songs when I was younger, but you know, when I look back to them, they were just idealistic. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I had the opportunity to go to a song school at Planet Bluegrass in Lyons, Colorado. And what a game changer that was. It's basically a, a week of adult music camp, uh, young adults as well, that come and you can learn techniques and inspirations and share with each other. And that totally changed my life. And I came out of there and basically wrote an album. And that was really exciting. But then it took me four years to write another one because <laughs> I was like, whoa, how do you know? You just can't, I just couldn't keep it going. And then it took me 11 years before I wrote another one. So for me, uh, on this last album, I found that uh, what one, I think, is giving space. You know, life gets very busy. So with the writing, just allowing space. And sometimes that's been to go on a retreat or take a trip or lock myself in my room. Uh, but this time it was about collaboration. And that was a game changer for me this time where it didn't have to be about me trying to, you know, articulate with my craft it was I'm stuck here for example my song called bubbles I had written about half the song I just wanted to have a song about bubbles I thought it'd be super fun to have a bubble machine at a show and watch the kids run around and pop bubbles and have a blast and I thought so let's write a bubble song well I only got halfway through it and then I couldn't finish it and so that was a paradox. It's like, okay, I have half of a song. <laughs> so then I invited a friend, my friend Ken Langford, to join me. And we sat on my back porch. And he was so clever and creative. And we laughed and laughed and finished the song. And now it's a great song that is being enjoyed all over streaming services and whatnot. So that's anyway, fantastic. That's yeah, I remember Ken. He's a total hoot. And he's a singer-songwriter in his own right. And what he is what a lovely thing to be able to collaborate like that. And I could see that that for myself as well, when I'm trying to um, do something, um, I have a, 
uh, a woman that I follow, um, Eileen McCusick, who is the developer of biofill tuning. And one of the things she said is like, if you can't get something done, if you just keep kicking that same can down the road or whatever, you need help. You need to get somebody involved in the project. And, you know, sometimes that's not so easy to ask for help or know who's the right person to help. But it sounds like you actually did that for quite a few of the songs on your new kids album. Yeah, the new kids kids album. Um, well, this is one of the silver linings of the pandemic is the space was there. And I was able to um, also just not have necessarily the goal that I was going to finish an album, but that I was just finding ways to be creative and be happy uh, during a hard time of being in semi lockdown in my house. And so I invited my friend Connie Shaw, a publisher for Sentient Publications, who's just an incredible um, editor. And um, so I invited her to write a song with me and she was like a dictionary. I mean, she's, because she's such a great editor, it was a great team project. She was able to, she brought the idea about um, an ecology song. It's called Our Wild Family. And she was really into owl watching on the owl cams during her pandemic lockdown situation. And she really wants to help save the planet and do different things. I'm like, great, great topic. And then we started in, but she had never written a song before. She's written books and published and all that, but she had never written a song before. So I was able to bring in melody. I was able to strum my guitar and keep her going with words and lyrics and give her feedback. And we were able to put together this super fun song together. And it's the um, opening track on my new album. That's great. And, and is that normal that or no, I guess there's no normal in songwriting, but is is it more typical that you would find the melody first or you would get the words first or they kind of come together or? That's a great question. For me, no two songs are the same. Maybe it is for these Nashville songwriters, the professionals, but for me, um, I would say more times than not, what I do is I keep a list in my phone of ideas. When I see something or I'm inspired by something, I just write down the, uh, the the topic or a phrase that I heard somebody say and I just put that in my list and so then when I decide to go write a song then I look at my list and see what jumps out at me so that's one of the things that I do uh, in this case you know uh, Connie Shaw brought me a topic so there was no title or anything like that sometimes you, you like bubbles was a title and it was a topic and that's the name of the song. So, you know, that was a certain thing with Connie. It was, let's do an ecology song. And we just started with, uh, you know, animals, rocks and bees and trees and streams. And we just put lots of words down on a piece of paper that had to do with that topic and then started putting those into phrases. And so the melody came at the end of that song because Connie had never written a song and we're really just playing with words. And so we played and played and played and played until we felt like we had a couple of verses in a chorus. And from there, then we tried different melodies and, and uh, chord structures until something landed. And did you feel that it was um, different to, like say you spoke about writing the song with Ken who is already his, a singer songwriter in his own right. Yes. And then yes. Connie who's never done it ever before. What, right. what did you notice possibly in those two experiences? Was there something noticeable about that or was it just the natural flow with that each person? Well, was? with Connie, it was more of an intellectual process. 
it was much Makes sense. more. Yeah, because she's, she's highly intellectual, very, Indeed. very bright, and knows how to play with, you know, knows how to not play with words, actually. She knew about words and meanings of words. And so she, to put them into a song was exciting for her because she had never done that before. Uh, with Ken, it was a lot more playful. We were just giggling, and he is super creative and funny. So, you know, he, he just came up with funny lines that made me laugh. And so it was, it was much more of a playful as opposed to a intellectual um, creation. Well, that brings up an interesting um, question for me, which is when, when you're saying, when you're describing that, I'm imagining that um, more intellectual space or that more thoughtful space or the more word oriented space having a certain energy and then kind of like that, let's just jump in and, you know, let's just see what happens. Let's, you know, that kind of an energy. And, and I mean, would you call that kind of like, like intellectual versus intuitive or, you know, obviously I think you need both in a way to, to write a song or what's your, what's your take on that? Uh, yeah, I think you do need both, but it just, different personalities bring in different strengths at different times. Right. And how about for you when you do your own, like when you're not collaborating, do you feel like you, you know, inspire inspiration kind of drops in or do you feel like you have to kind of, Oh, it can be really effort it through. I would say, well, here's an example. Another one that is on the album is called love right now. And every morning I walk a mile with my mother. And she knew I was starting to put this album together. And she said to me, I think you should write a song about caring about other people because that's what we're about. And I just thought that was really sweet. And I was like, oh, um, that's, you know, yeah, let's, you're right. Let's do something along those lines. And so during the walk, the melody came to me and, and I was with her. We were silent for the whole rest of the walk. And I came home and I wrote the song. And so I, I was able to sit down and articulate the words. She didn't help me. She inspired the song, but I wrote the song. And then I went to her and got her feedback on it. What do you think? What, and she said, well, maybe we should add in this and that. And so that process for me, it was really coming really out of that inspired space and that feeling of love and care. And wouldn't it be beautiful if I could create this? And then you just trust that the muse is there and downloads into your brain and those words just came onto the paper and they just flowed out. It's like magic. I mean, I don't know how these things happen really, to be honest, it's like, what? That's really cool, you know? And then, and I was able to do something with my mother, which I never would have guessed that we would have done a song together in that way and a very different form than the intellectual Connie giving me a dictionary full of words about ecology. This was just very, very inspirational and Ken's, which was all humorous and cracking up. So very three completely different songs there. So, and, and let me tell you about another one. So um, I have this adopted daughter, as you know, Dorje Doma from um, the border of Tibet. And she was raised at 14,000 feet and was raised by aunts and grandparents and just different. She was a nomadic yak herder. So very different situation, then was uh, very ill with a severe scoliosis, went down to Kathmandu, was uh, put into a children's home there, an orphanage. And then I, I was doing volunteer work. I ended up bringing it back to America. 
and she went through surgeries and ended up staying in America. Well, she had this interesting, fascinating past. And so I asked her, because she was living with me during the pandemic, do you want to write a song? And she has no, com very little command of the English language. She's not intellectual. She's not any of these other descriptions in that same way, but she wanted to write about different kinds of families. And she had worked in a preschool for eight years where she'd seen different kinds of families with two moms and two dads and stepmoms and single dads and all that. And so I said, okay, we'll write all those words down on a piece of paper. And we spent a Sunday afternoon. She was not able to put phrases together because English is her second language. It was too hard for her. She didn't know how to rhyme. So, but she brought this wonderful idea, this wonderful experience, her experience into the song. And so I'd say to her, here's the phrase, what do you think? Yeah, but we should also put in, you know, let's not forget single moms and oh, good idea. So then we put single moms in. So it was this dynamic process with her, with someone who, you know, just had no experience whatsoever. So very, very dynamic. You know, it, it is so interesting. I, I keep hearing in your conversation the um, the inspiration part, the feeling part, the um, you know the the you know I want to say the core impulse or the core impetus to to create like that. And you know, to, I thought it was interesting too that you brought up the muse because you know music to me yeah. comes, comes from the muse, right? <laughs> right, uh, right, right. And you know what. What, and for so many people, music really is that way to access those states that we're not normally swimming in these days. You know, it has become kind of an out world, you know, with a lot of ideas and a lot of action and da, 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 not so much feeling. And uh, so I, th I think it's like one of the real beauties of, of music. And I wonder if you have a, um, any comments and how does that work with you and like say a live audience? I mean, obviously there must be a lot of energetic exchange in the same way of like bringing up that muse, musical feeling kind of vibe. And uh, how, do, how, do, how do you notice that plays out? I, I felt when I first started this, it was a nerve wracking situation. I was afraid of being judged that I wasn't good enough. I didn't know what I was doing. But people kept telling me I had, they were moved by a song or they felt I had joy or boy, it looks like you're having a good time up there <laughs> or something like that. Okay, well, but are you having a good time? I would think, but anyway, I got a lot of positive feedback on my stage presence. And so now I feel like I own it more. And I just did a, a nice show where I opened for a, a big band at a small festival and the booker for that event was just like you just emanate so much joy and we just love having you year after year and i feel that i feel like i can give a lot of joy you know life hasn't been perfect for me i've gone through my hard times too and i think that's what allows me to really appreciate giving the joy having had hard times and losses in my life and that it's genuine it's not just, hey, you should feel good. It's really coming from a place of, of depth and experience. Even when I'm singing about, I have a song from my first album about losing my father and missing him. It's painful. But then I, I've had people, and I, sometimes I think I shouldn't sing it because maybe it's too personal, but I've had people come up to me afterwards and saying, oh my God, my father just passed away. And that meant so much to me to hear that or someone else in my life it didn't have to be a father. It could be anybody. 
and people just feeling um, that connection through song, which is a beautiful thing. It makes it so worthwhile for me to have, to move people, whether it's through a difficult situation or with the kids' songs where it's very playful and fun and joyful. And I, I think that, I think you just hit right on it, that I think that that, that sharing of that love of music, you know, the, the, you know, immersion in the sound and the expression and the, the lyrics and all of that, you know, that really is a place where we can all meet. And I was thinking, you know, some of these kids might not even understand a lot of the words that you're singing. You know, they just, you know, if they're little, they feel the energy, they feel the energy. And, you know, that's, I think that's the same for adults. You know, if we want to be really honest is that, you know, there's stuff I hear, I don't know what they're saying in the lyrics, but the sound of it, the, the, the mute, the movement of it is, is really touching. It is. And and you learn as you do it more and more that it's whatever you're presenting is what it, it creates an environment which is incredibly powerful, particularly if you just go into yourself, you feel the joy or you feel the intensity or whatever it is you're trying to emanate. If you go into that truly, uh, then you see it reflecting in the, in the people that are watching. You see people cry or dance or laugh. And that's so powerful. It's such a mutual experience. It's not me saying, aren't I great? Isn't, aren't I clever with my songwriting? It's we're sharing something in that moment. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things, having seen you perform many times, one of the things that I notice that I think is super relatable is that in that place, you really are, you know, I would say touching more of an essential part of yourself and are like sharing that openly. There's like an openness in that, you know, you're not trying to make anybody feel something in particular, you, you know, there's like no agenda for you, as I can, is what I would say. It's, it's really what you just described, that sense of, you know, a gift, you know, you're, you're gifting people your love Absolutely. of music. And the beauty of that, that I can see is that in that openness and in that gift, you know, people can find what they want in that, you know, like Absolutely. you said, if somebody comes and they are, they're grieving or if somebody comes and they just like have like a super win and they want to celebrate that or whatever, they can, they can bring themselves to that because there's already that space or that opening of like, let's just be in this beautiful music. I think that's absolutely it. And I think part of my songwriting evolving over time is understanding writing songs that people can interpret how they want to interpret it, not having it be personal about like I said, my father, missing my father, but letting any, everyone have their experience of it. It's incredibly powerful. And, and at the beginning of performing, I used to look out and try to please people or try to connect with where they're at. And I found I couldn't really guess exactly where they're at. That was just too difficult to do. So I allowed myself, and I felt like I had to open my eyes and connect with people because that's what they tell you to do when you perform. <laughs> but then I realized I could go into myself. It was okay to close my eyes. It was okay to really feel each song and the words I was saying powerfully and then let it go. And then that allows that person to feel whatever they're feeling and interpret however they want to interpret the song. Yeah, what a gift, really. You know, and I, I think that you know, the more we can share those kinds of things, like you sharing your albums and now this, you know, all together now, the, the new kids album, which is fabulous. 
you know, I, th I think that's kind of what we need in the world right now, you know, particularly having, you know, more or less being coming out of this whole lockdown situation and all that kind of stuff. It's really reminded us that it's the connections between us that really matter and where we find, you know, a deeper sense of self even is in that reflection from, from a, another being, you know, meeting us somehow with, be it with music or be it with art or, you know, be it just with compassion, whatever comes through. And um, what, you know, it just, I don't know, to me, I, I, that's what I focus in on more and more that, you know, what can I offer, you know, energetically, you know, in a, in a way to support people. And, and so how are you looking at, that component when you're, I know you spoke to this a little bit, but when, when you were designing or thinking of doing this kids album, what, what was your intent? What did, what were you really hoping they were going to find there? Well, it kind of evolved. I had some children's songs on my last album, particularly my 2010 album. I had this song called those boys. I know those boys. <laughs> yes, you do. And that song is my most requested at shows of, uh, you know, people know that like, oh, it's really fun. And what I love about that song is I've sung it many times. And what I love about it is that people are dancing and moving, like, you know, they're grooving to it. And that, but the parents or the grandparents or the aunts and the uncles, they're listening to the words and they're laughing because they think it's clever or smart. You know, they're, um, you know, they're, they're laughing, they're crying, they're running around, they're jumping, they're crashing, they're lying on the ground, those boys. And there's just all these really fun little um, verses in it that just makes people smile. And to me, that was like a perfect combination of having both the kids enjoy the song without even understanding really what I was saying, and the parents enjoying the song or the grandparents or whoever. So to me, that was my focus for this next album, was not to write a little children's album where I'm teaching them ABCs or to eat the right foods necessarily or anything like that. It was more to create songs that everybody could enjoy. So that's why I named the album All Together Now, Rocking Songs for Kids of All Ages, because I want to be able to sing these songs at farmer's markets and festivals and, and not just, uh, you know, at, at three-year-old birthday parties or something like that it gives me a wide range to be able to express the songs and some songs are you know they're all different so some are more kid-like and some are more uh, broad perspective and, and some have a more deeper meaning like families of all kinds that George and I wrote together is you know a much more sophisticated message but still, what a beautiful thing. And, but it's got these great jazz chords in it. And you, you can see the kids dancing when I've been performing it this summer. So it's, to me, that's kind of the motivation behind it is to have, to encompass everybody and to feel that connection that you were just talking about. Because relationship is what it's all about for me, you know, is, is connecting with other people in some way, on some level. Yeah, and offering them some joy, you know, offering yes. them that that opportunity to embrace the joy in whatever way they can. We've got enough stuff to worry about, you know, it's nice to balance that out. Absolutely. And at the same time, honor uh, difficulties, 
you know, honor, you know, and again, families of all kinds, I talk about, you know, or in, I, I talk about how it's hard to just be raised by a single mom or some children in the world have no home left on their own to survive in Rome through poverty, sickness and war. They hope to find a new family so they're not alone anymore. So it's, you know, it's reflecting on those deeper issues and at the same time ending on a joyful note of here we are and let's care about each other. Yeah. Cause, and I think that that's brilliant actually, because, you know, that's life, you know, it isn't all, you know, unicorn ponies and ice cream cones, you know, um, life happens very directly to many of us in ways that we wouldn't necessarily have chosen. And if we can find the, the connection, if we can find the, whatever it is that takes us into, you know, something more whole, you know, find the healing, whatever that takes. I think that's what makes the journey worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for embracing it all in your songs. So what's next for you, Ms. Jen? Um, well, right now the album is just, it's getting lots of great reviews and I'm just trying to keep up with all that's coming back. I hired a publicist this time and she got it on radio stations all over the world. And we had some large articles written, um, one in the uh, Daily Camera here in Boulder that got picked up by Yahoo News, so it went national. So that was pretty exciting to, to have it go out there. And Woohoo! Yahoo! I, yeah, <laughs> Yahoo! Yahoo! Uh, and then winning the SNAP Award uh, is prestigious. It gives it me... Is. You know, it gives me something to say, hey, you know, I'm not just fooling around anymore. I'm, you know, I've matured into a, a strong songwriter that's getting recognized. And so I'm not sure what's next. Uh, I'm just I'm trying to just keep up with all that's coming back right now. Uh, I'm developing a, a web page on my website, jenclary.com, that um, will be dedicated to licensing the music. So now that I have, I have a total of four albums out, One's a covers album that I won't put out there, but the other three are all original songs that I could put out for licensing for advertisement or, you know, you hope to get it picked up by a music series or something like that. So I'm going to attempt that and at least have it available. So that takes some work to, to put the catalog up. And then, you know, getting on playlists, like I'm on three Spotify editorial playlists for my new songs, which was a whole jump for me because that just plugs you into... Spotify's listeners um, beyond just my own fan base. Right. So that was a big jump also. So we'll just keep building on it. I hope to write more children's songs. Um, I had, uh, I have several blues songs I have written too. So I'm debating on whether or not I'll finish a blues album or if I'll continue with the children's writing because it's it's been received so strongly on a national level that I may go in that direction as well. Well, so we'll see what's next. I'm not sure. Wow. Multi, multi-talented person. It's one, one of the things I've always admired so greatly about you is that you, you have this beautiful, creative, you know, wild performing, you know, out there, you know, part, but you're also able to take care of business and, you know, make sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. And, you know, there's that, anyway, it's a, a fabulous and powerful combination. It's getting harder to do. I really <laughs> need to have an assistant, I think. Well, hey, you know. Yeah. There's... How do I keep up with all this? Yeah, well, in this war- Wait, virtual yeah. world, you could find a virtual assistant. Well, I think as a 
certainly as a beginning singer or songwriter to get your music out there, you really have to be able to market yourself as well. Yeah. Otherwise, it's really hard because anybody can write and anybody can sing. And But to try to get your music out there uh, in a professional way where you're actually getting revenue back and you're getting hired for shows and all that is a whole other level. So I'm grateful that I can do um, the marketing business end of it as well. I love your confidence. Everyone can write <laughs> and everyone can sing and perform. That's that's beautiful. I think it's an awesome place to come from. I'm not sure everyone would agree with you, but <laughs> well, I, you know, I teach I teach uh, guitar and performance, and that's what I tell them when they yeah. come to me. I'm like, look, you, know, you can do this, and I, unless you have a physical disability that keeps you from singing, uh, or being able to write or whatever almost everybody can at some level maybe it's not that you're going to be an amazing i don't think of my i can't sing like barbara streisand or pavarotti or i can't you know write classical music like mozart but i found my own niche that is a wonderful expression for me and that other people appreciate and even i tell people even if it's around sitting around you know during a cocktail hour or with your friends or whatever to enjoy singing together that's a great goal to have doesn't have to be to be rich and famous or any of that, but that's why I say just about anybody can read or sing yeah. or perform. Yeah. Really, the I love that the the circle of music that connects us because it is a, it is kind of the universal language, right? Because even if someone doesn't understand English, they could listen to your songs and and be totally moved and excited about them. I've done a lot of traveling in third world countries, and music was one of the ways to express and connect with others. Yeah, it's just undeniable, the power of that. So wonderful. Well, I think we're, we're kind of running down to the end here. Do you have any, uh, any last words you'd like to share or anything in particular you'd like to throw out there? Hmm, nothing comes to mind. I think we covered a lot here. <laughs> That's what happens when two old friends get together. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like we could just keep going for a long we time. We could, but let's do it. I think, uh, yeah, covered a lot. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the friendship, and I appreciate what you're doing with your podcast. It's an adventure every day, let me tell you. And I so so appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your process with us. And and I just want to reiterate that on your website, there's all your um, performance dates. There's some nice videos of, of you performing on there as well. People can get get a taste of that. And of course, they can always uh, get your music. I'm assuming it's all on. It's everywhere. It's on, uh, that's how it happens worldwide. That's right. They can order the album off of Amazon or off of my website, jenclary.com, or streaming services, all of them, the main ones. Right. Apple. So fantastic. Spotify and whatnot. So, yeah. well, it's been my delight and my honor to watch you from. I remember, I don't know if you remember, this is like a little reminiscing here, but uh, we sat in a coffee shop in Longmont and you were saying, I think I want to be a singer songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Do you remember that? And I'm like, great. <laughs> we were doing some other, we were involved in some other nonprofits and such at the time. And I'm like, part of me was so excited for you. And I'm like, oh my God, more work for me. <laughs> but it turned out beautifully. And I'm so glad you followed your passion. 
Yeah, and I, I encourage everyone to do that too. Don't don't be afraid to to follow what gives you joy. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that is that's the key, isn't it? Joseph Campbell said it. Follow your bliss. Yes. All right, my friend. All right. Much well. love. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Living in Paradox podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at dranakarin.com. That's D-R-A-N-N-A-K-A-R-I-N.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll meet you in Paradox.